about it, about animals and insects and um, my spiritual beliefs and the fact that I believe that animals should always have a space in our journeys throughout any type of spirituality or religion. Um, reasons for that are, are plain and simple. They're part of our everyday lives. You know, someone somewhere has had a pet or has a pet right now that is a part of their lives. You know, we, we come home to an animal that gives us unconditional love. Um, even, even with, you know, cats, fish, or, you know, things that we don't think have this capability of, you know, receiving and giving back that affection, you know, because they don't understand it, which is not really true. There's been a lot of studies that they actually have their own souls. So, um... We as humans um, characterize them in a certain way, um, and I just want to go through a rough. I was going to do a top ten, but I, I I ran out of like space and time, and I really wanted to get something out to the world. Um, so I I I slimmed it down to like the top five. Um, it's probably. Yeah, it's most definitely um, animals that we have already heard before, um, but this is this is this episode is a little bit different in the fact that I kind of want to hone in on where these animals come from, why they're you know not why they are, but help broaden the horizons as to you know how many different places they they actually are. Um, in with religions and different areas of the world, um, which I thought was very interesting when I was doing a little of this research. Um, so, just double checking myself here. Um, yeah, okay. So let's start with number one. Number one is actually very prominent in the Hindu religion, Buddhism, and um, and that would be the elephant. So, with Hindu, they have a god who's named Ganesh. Uh, um, he's a patron of intellectuals, bankers, scribes, and authors. Also a banisher of obstacles. Uh, he is a very good um, Hindu deity for, for people who are very much into um, the written art and um, anything that has to do with like numbers, mathematicals, and stuff like that. Um, so the elephant symbolizes in these religions, which is kind of weird because I, I know I said I started off with how they're going to be like all over the place, but elephant just seemed to be like one of those top ones for me. Ganesh is somebody that I, I do honor. Um, and I respect when his presence needs to be um, uh, needed in, in everyone's lives, one way or another. You know, what we need to move obstacles, and you know, he is a great deity for that. 
Um, but the elephant symbolizes intelligence, wisdom, majesty, good luck, and that's with the trunk up, in some opinions, um, loyalty and strength. So, and that, you know, there, there also is the whole memorization, you know, elephants are very, very intellectual as uh, an animal being anyway. Um, they remember things for a very long time and they live for a very, very long time. So, you know, I mean, it just makes sense that they would have that type of wisdom too um, throughout their lives, you know. So, so yeah, so that's a great animal to have as a totem too, especially if you are looking to be um, a teacher, someone who is looking to uh, even be, um, yeah, more or less a teacher, someone who's going to have an apprentice underneath them, someone who um, even like maybe in like HR type of situations, you know, it's someone who you can look up to that can help you through different obstacles and um, yeah. Yeah, so that that's the elephant. Um, the, my number two animal, and it, this isn't a countdown, this isn't in any um, particular order, these are just, you know, the ones that popped in my head at the time that I was writing everything down. Um, I actually have a top 10 list, but these are the ones that I, I felt that might be, if I go top 10, then the, the, this episode would be like uber long, and I'm not at that point to be uber long. Um, I'll be, I'll be having longer episodes when I have like interviews and stuff. Anyway, so number two, um, is the cat, domestic and wild. Um, so the, the cat is very prominent in these particular religions um, straight away and I do want to make mention disclaimer this isn't all of the religions I'm sure that there are mother o many other regions and stuff that I just could not find um, these are the ones that stood out the most in my research um, so feel free to let me know you know if you guys you know think of any other areas where these animals pop up that I didn't mention That'd be super cool because I'm always learning um, as well because, you know, I'm still alive and we always can learn something, you know, every day. So the top religions and spirituality segments are the Egyptian. Big surprise, we have um, Bas as their, their uh, deity. Um, Shinto. Hindu, Muslim, Mayan. Um, I added Mayan in there because it actually was like a last ditch effort when I was scavenging and scouring the online circuit um, to find that they actually had, which I knew this, I knew better because my, the, there was a show that we had to watch when we were in um, junior high, I think it was, or, or like, you know, elementary school. And um, it was like the voyage of the Mayans or something like that. And um, so there were a lot about the temples and stuff, the Mayan temples. And Mayans actually have the jaguar um, on their temple, which is um, the ruler of the underworld 
for the Mayan culture, um, which I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. So, with every religion, they have their own symbol symbolisms, starting with the Egyptians. Well, not starting with the Egyptians, but moving on to the Egyptians. Cats are magical beings that bring good luck. The Hindu have cats for fertility. Muslims are they consider cats um, to be very clean, so cleanliness is a huge deal when it comes to um, when it comes to the the Muslim um, religions. Uh, Shinto, they actually have the name of their cat deity is uh, Kasha, and they sometimes serve as messengers of the underworld, and they collect the the corpse of evil people, which in some some ways are similar to the Mayan jaguar, where it's the ruler of the underworld. So the Kasha are messengers of the underworld, but they are also the um, our version of death. They are they are going to take you know the evil spirits. Um, and bring them down to the underworld um, to do their, their time. Um, so with cats in the modern spiritual symbolism, they are a symbolism of protection, intelligence, independence, agility, and curiosity. Um, with the Shinto, it is also, they are, um, not Shinto, maybe it's um, Chinese. Again, you know, leave a message for me. I appreciate that. Um, where they have the lucky cat. Um, you see that a lot in a lot of different like restaurants and different shops and stuff. Um, you know, it's a little cat that's waving. So, so that's the cat. Uh, on to number three, and we're going to be going into some transitionals. This one is the butterfly. Um, the butterfly obviously is an insect, and it has been found in. Um, the Christian, Aztec, Native American, and I'm sure there are other ones, but these are the top three that I want to focus on. So the Christian, they see it as the butterfly as the symbol of the resurrection, um, which you know makes a lot of sense when you know because of the many stages of the butterfly, you know it's. it's the larvae, blah blah blah, caterpillar, you know, gets mixed into soup and then it turns into a butterfly because after a certain amount of time, so that is, they consider that the resurrection of the butterfly. Um, in the Native American, specifically the Hopi area, um, they revere their monarch as um, the butterfly, where they do a butterfly dance. Um, which is a traditional social dance to patron or petition for rain, good health, and long life um, for all living things. Um, and then the Aztec, they associate the butterfly with fire and the sun, um, maybe due to the similarities of the fluttering of the wings and the flickering of the flame. Um, I don't know. I was. I'm not a, not around the Aztec people, but that that's what I believe that the way the the um, wings flutter 
and if they were to see the butterfly while the sun was shining and it was fluttering along, you know, they could take that as the flutter of the flame. Um, and then, you know, heat from the flame and the sun kind of like correlates together. Um, yeah, so the modern symbolism for the butterfly, a lot of people have angels, transformation, immortality, fertility, and joy, which I find angels to be kind of interesting with the fact that there's a lot of folklore with fairies and fairies having butterfly wings and angels well fairies are the earth angels in a lot of people's beliefs so that was kind of cool to read that it was they were associated and symbolized in that way um, immortality very very interesting with the whole resurrection thing I guess I could see that but I really lean more towards the transformation just because they literally turn themselves into goo in their little chrysalis thing and then get rearranged and transformed right into something completely different which is basically how we live our lives half the time when we're we go through a traumatic situation and we feel like a blob of goo right we have to pick ourselves up and rearrange ourselves and our lives to keep on moving forward such a great um great symbol for that type of transformation so if anybody is looking for a animal figure to look up to when their chips are down and they're feeling like a big old blob of goo you know it would be the butterfly so and you know with fertility and joy that just makes sense because once you go through that transformation and you look at a butterfly they're just kind of like haphazardly fly flying around you know they don't look like they're in having a certain direction they're they're like almost the squirrels of the flying insect world where it's just like I don't know where I'm going but I'm gonna get there eventually you know um, and that so it bring, brings me joy just watching them kind of like oh yeah I'm going no I'm not going over there oh I'm gonna go over here okay you know <laughs> I don't know yeah, so that that's the butterfly and we're going on now to the raven uh, slash crows. I'm kind of combining these. I know they deserve their own number, but they are blackbirds, and blackbirds pretty much are um, symbolism all on their own. But we see the crows and the ravens in many different um, religions. And I was talking to one of my guests at my store. She's actually from Africa. I didn't ask whereabouts, but I had asked her about the crow because she, we brought up some different, because she said the owl was a symbol of death, and I thought that was really interesting. And then I was like, well, how about the crow, a raven, or, or blackbird, or something of that sort? Because maybe they don't, I don't know if they have crows in that area. And she said, oh yeah, they're definitely another symbol of, of death and, and bad vibes and stuff like that. So I was like, alright, that's that's really interesting. I didn't know about the owls. I thought that was really cool. Um, 
she said if an, if an owl hoots or you hear an owl call or cry or in your vicinity that someone in your family is going to die and I was like wow that was so neat because in my beliefs I believe that they you know well beliefs a lot of people believe that they are a sign of being wise and intelligent so I thought that was super interesting that the different areas would have a different way of thinking about things which again I'm all about learning I want to learn as much as possible you know of every different thing because that's what this podcast is all about is bringing on the fact that many different regions can have almost the same exact animal at least and then we all have either the same point of view a little bit different point of view you know so anyway back to the raven so you'll find them in the greek mythologies north norse mythologies and native american and I'm sure that there are more, but I'm, again, just focusing on a few. Um, with the Greek, their symbolism of the raven is bad luck. Kind of like with the, um, the African native that I was speaking with. Um, God's messenger in the mortal world, Native Americans see the raven as a trickster. Sometimes um, transformation as even the stealer of souls, which reminds me of the Kasha of the Shinto religion where they transform into something because that's what what the Kasha really is it's a, it is a being that actually transforms into something which you know prominently is the cat um, the Norse god Odin has ravens named Hugin and Munin probably butchering that I apologize but their names mean thought and memory. Parts of the Appalachian Mountains, which is largely Christian, have folklore of low-flying groups of crows that mean illness is coming. Um, which I thought that was kind of interesting. That's more folklore, though, and I'm not going to ever... I mean, folklore kind of intersects with spirituality and religion, but folklore is... Um, rooted in a different way and I don't ever want to um, say I know a lot about folklore I don't there's there's plenty of other podcasts out there like um, um, New World Witchery they're really good with their their folklore knowledge so I'll leave that to them um, so with the raven and crow the modern symbolism is with the raven is wisdom affection, healing powers, longevity, death, and fertility. With the crow is adaptability, cleverness, intelligence, teamwork, transformation, and psychic abilities. So these are really good animals to use as your totems for, um, what is it? It's, uh, dreamscape spiritual awakenings, um, traveling through different dimensions, working with different deities, um, Morgana is one of them, Hecate is another one um, for the Greek mythology, and um, yeah, and they're really good for 
their intelligence. You know, I mean, I, I remember hearing about you being able to train a crow or a raven. I'm sure either one. Somehow they're they're interchangeable to me, and please don't hate me on that um, with that phrase. But they both have these awesome adaptability features to them. But they love shiny objects, and you can actually train them to, you know, pick up shiny objects. Or you give them something shiny and they'll be your friend, you know. So it's, it's pretty neat to watch those type of shows and people where they befriend a crow because they're, you know, they're just little, they're little hoarders, you know, that like shiny things, like a ferret. Um, yeah, so that is the raven and crow. So we're going on to the last animal for this episode and we're gonna, this one's a bit of a, a bigger piece it is the dog um, the dog and we're just going with your typical Anubis type dog we're not going to go into the other hybrids wolves or anything like that this is just dog um, and the dog is in a lot of different areas we have Hindu Egyptian Chinese uh, Christianity um, Greek and those are the ones that I wrote down so that's where we're gonna just keep on going I know that they're they're very prominent in many different areas but they're also hybrids and I wanted to keep it strictly just your DOG dog we're not gonna go off into Jekylls or anything like that so in Hindu they revere dogs to be the messenger of the gods of death named Yama um, the Egyptian Anubis is a jackal-headed god of the underworld. The Christian, they have in the in the Christian Bible, they have a story of a dog faithfully accompanying um, Tobias, um, Tobid's son, and the archangel Raphael on their journeys. Which is actually really interesting because I was watching a story on YouTube. Um, you know what? Every time I try to remember that, I, I never do. Let me just see if I can look it up real quick. It's like the myths. Mythology Explained. And they have um, where it's like legends explained, Bible stories explained. Like he has a whole slew of things. Um, but, you know, it would be worth checking that out. I will um, try to put a link in the show notes um, so that you can check that out. But anyway, the story of this one is where he actually like saves this princess named Sarah from a from a demon and you know that's why I, I even wrote all that in there because the dog was was very faithful to um, Tobias and the Archangel Raphael didn't really have much else to do with it I mean when the chips went down the dog was still there so they, they coined the whole faithfulness loyalty and all that because of that particular um, 
situation. So with Greek mythology, it has a few dogs, like the lovable three-headed dog Cerberus, which would guard the gates of Hades. Um, Hecate was closely linked to dogs. Humans could hear her coming, well, could never hear her coming, but the dogs could and would bark at her approach. Um, a dog seen barking at nothing would be a warning of Hecate's um, approach, which was good and bad. <laughs> so it would be good for the fact that you would know that she was approaching, but, you know, it would be bad because on her for her, because now you know that she's approaching, if you didn't want her approaching. Um, so the Chinese revered dogs, on they have them on their zodiac uh, calendar, but I'm not sure if you knew this, but they also have a heavenly dog. It's um, Tengu, and the folklore this this dog ate the moon or the sun during an eclipse, and the Tengu. And I apologize if I'm butchering that, is also tasked with um, guarding the gates of heaven, which I find to be very interesting with all of these different, I mean, the regions are very similar, but there's a lot of like guarding the gates of the afterlife. You know, like the, these dogs are revered for for being the guards of the next life, the next step in the soul's journey in some beliefs. So I find that very, very interesting how they interlink into each other that they are either the messengers of the gods of death the guards of the the gates of either heaven or hell or Hades. They warn you when there is your when Hecate is approaching. You know, and she's a we call her the triple goddess because she has the many different phases of life she actually represents throughout her time frame. So she can be called upon at any time um, when needed in your lifetime. So, so with the modern symbolism of dogs, we, we as humans revere them with um, powerful symbolism of unconditional love, loyalty, and protection. So, which ties in really well with the different stories and the different folklores of, of these particular religions and spiritualities. Um, and that is where I'm leaving this episode um, this time around. And I definitely want to, I would love for you guys to give a little bit of input um, with this episode. You guys can reach me at um, my Instagram and, well, I'll, I'll just spiel it out. My Instagram is Sarah's Emporium Unique. I'm on TikTok, Sarah's Emporium Unique 
as well. Facebook, it's Sarah's Emporium of Unique Gifts. And you can just also reach out to me on the website, um, Sarah's Emporium Uniques, um, UniqueGifts.com. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so yeah, so feel free to reach out to me. Oh, and um, yeah, or you can contact me through email, Sarah's Therapy at Sarah's Emporium Unique.com. And until the next episode, which actually I have a little bit of a schedule, the next episode I am researching about um, meditation and the different meditation practices that, well, meditations and affirmations, what the differences are, and what are some of the different um, ways to meditate and different spiritualities that meditate a certain way um, or chant or anything like that. Um, so that would be the next episode and again feel free to comment you know I again please don't comment on my on my reading skills and pronunciation I know I probably said a few things wrong but as long as I'm saying cat dog and elephant correctly I think you guys can understand where I'm coming from but yeah so feel free to comment um, any any more um, symbolisms or mythologies or any stories you'd like to to share with the group on um, those particular animals that we talked about this week uh, feel free to message me and I will I will add it into the next round of animals animals and spirituality and religions I plan on making that um, like more so we'll probably do a couple more here and there throughout the time of this podcast. Um, okay, so until next time, I will see you all, or I'll talk to you all in the next podcast. All right, bye!